It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90-NATION or visit windownation.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. You're listening to the Go Birds Podcast. Hello, it is the Go Birds Podcast presented by the Bet Parks Sportsbook and Casino app. Elliot Short Parks, James Seltzer with you. And yet another depressing week in Philadelphia sports. <laughs> Super fun to be a Philly sports yeah. fan. All we do is lose in big games. How you doing? Well, what the interesting part about it is there's a, oh, buddy. There's a lot of winning to get to those games. You're right. I think that's something You're people right. miss You're right. when people point like, oh, Philly, nothing but losers. It's like, well... Phillies had to win a lot of games to get to the World Series. Eagles had to win a lot of games to get there. The Union. The Sixers didn't win as many games, but they won games to get there. Mm-hmm. So, But no, I agree. It's uh, it's just gut, gut punch season. Oh, right it's now. just brutal. Like, yeah. And you're right. Like, if if in a, in a vacuum, if you said, all right, your team's going to be really good, but you're not going to win the championship, or they could suck and you're not going to win the championship, I would obviously yeah. take the good, but, but... That also means the pain is greater. Yes. You know, if your team just sucks, your team just sucks, and you check out on them, and you're like, all right, whatever. When you invest, when you care, and then you lose the way you lose, it hurts so much more. But I, I also think it's it in a, so it's, much more. It's in a sick way, like the fun part of being a sports fan. Because imagine just being your team, you know, being a seven seed every year, they get knocked out in the first round. Like you're not getting emotionally up for that. You're mm-hmm. not feeling the high of those wins. You're not texting your friends nonstop about like the big game mm-hmm. or blah, blah, blah. So yeah, it, it definitely hurt to watch the Sixers get uh, eliminated, especially the way they did. The Phillies aren't starting well, but I would trade the lows for the highs or the, I would yeah. trade the high. You would take the lows to have the highs. Yeah. I would take the, the lows to enjoy the highs of the postseason run, even though it didn't end well. Yeah, I would too. I would too. It's just like, and I do agree generally. Really like, getting right into this today. Yeah. We're going to talk right <laughs> in. Hell yeah. 
I, I do agree too that like look the 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 reason it's special to win it all is because we don't always win it all. We never yeah. win it all. It would just be nice to win a couple extra along the way. Just so a couple. close, so close. But I so real quick. Make sure you hit auto subscribe. Yes, Make sure you leave a five star review. Please, yes. it helps people find the pod. It helps blah, us. Blah, blah. All the good stuff. You already it, know by now. If you care about us, yeah, you know all we ask. So you know, little of your of your time. <laughs> one click. All you have to do is move your thumb like that, and that's that's it. That's all we're asking. I don't really leave myself a lot of reviews for pods, mm-hmm. but I feel like this pod we have a better relationship with the listeners. Than most, so I, I, I think absolutely. that you should feel a bit of an obligation. Yeah, like the... indebted in a yeah. way. Yeah. All right. So back to what I was saying. I'm curious for, for <laughs> you're your... not really indebted to us. I'm getting. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm curious what you think about this. I find myself on that same topic we were talking mm-hmm. about. I don't know if it's because I'm an old man now. I'm 35. Oh yeah, aged. In a weird way, the losses they hurt, but I found myself enjoying the ride a lot more and being able to put the losses in perspective. And I think that's something that's different, at least I can speak from my point of view, than maybe the the greater fan base. Like when the Eagles lost the Super Bowl, I was able to sit here and say, and granted, my fandom for the Eagles is just different, mm-hmm. right? But I was I was very much like they lost to a great team, they had a great year, it's probably still <laughs> the best team in franchise history, right? I was able to view it that way. Yes, and I was very clearly not. Right. When the Phillies lost the World Series also hurt, but I was able to say, hey man, what a ride. I'll remember this run forever, watching you and Jack do your thing. And with the Sixers, not as deep of a run, but I do honestly believe because they lost to the Celtics, I don't view the loss as bad as because they when they lost to the Heat, like when Embiid was hurt, or when they lost to the Hawks because they blew it. And I don't know. Do I need to start value winning more? I think so. I think but, you need but I think to value championship. But I think there's truth to what I'm saying po- too. There, look, there would be, and I get your point, and I certainly agree with the Phillies. Like I have come around on the Phillies, where I look at the positives that season more than losing the World mm-hmm. Series. The Eagles, I'm not there yet, but I'm. I, I get it. I appreciate the greatness of the season, but it's it's how we lost at the end that's just so painful that I can't get there yet. But with the Sixers, it's because of the years and years of failure over and over again in this exact round. Mm. And then it's because of how it played out. Like, yes, the Celtics are a good team and all that, but like you were up 3-2 with a chance to win in game six, and then you didn't show up in game seven. So it's like I can't get there with that because of like you didn't show up. You didn't show up for game seven. I I tweeted this out. But I think it's the perfect. I mean, it was a nightmare. Game seven, I could handle a loss. I couldn't handle what happened. Well, I loved your comp. I thought as an Eagles comp, it's such a perfect guy. And obviously, this was a bigger game, a more important game, more riding on the 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 group of guys, baggage, the legacies, and the baggage, and all that. But it's such a perfect example of like the only thing that couldn't happen happened. Yeah, like when the Eagles. For those that haven't heard it, when the Eagles went into Tampa Bay in Sirianni and Jalen's rookie year together. All year leading up to that game, it was they haven't played anybody. They're only in the playoffs because they're playing terrible quarterbacks, blah, 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 blah. And leading into that, it wasn't you have to beat Tampa. It was, okay, let's Show see him up. against a quality opponent. It was opponent. like, hey, you, you went from three and two and five, three and six. You made the playoffs. Yes. Like, this could be a stepping stone for the future. Let, let's Positivity. see how you stack up against Show a good up team. and at least... Show some effort and play hard. And they got absolutely they demolished. Got waxed. Now, I think the play hard thing, I do think they played hard. They were right. just they completely were just outclassed. Yes. Right? I, agree. I agree. And so... The one thing you couldn't have happened against that in that game was you can't. And Jalen looked awful too. That was the and other Jaylen thing. Jalen looked too. awful. That was the right. other thing too. And you know, with the Sixers, it was the same thing. I was I was willing to accept a loss to the Celtics. It was how they lost that I think has created this outrage. That really, 
let's be honest. I mean, you're on air every single day. I'm on air most days and I listen every day. I can't remember the last time a Sixers outrage was this prolonged. Like oh, they, yeah. They've lost in the second round before. I can't remember where they get eliminated on Sunday and it's Thursday and we're still talking oh, about it. Oh, without a Normally doubt. Normally it's like two, three days. No, you're right. And and it's been notable to me. Yeah. I, I've noticed it on the air. And, and again, it goes back to the baggage. It goes back to, it's like time and time and time again. And then when you have this golden opportunity against the team that keeps beating you and the freaking bitter rival and the whole thing. And again, I do think like if they, look, I don't think we would have been like, we still would have been upset because the second round exit is a second round exit year after year right, after but year. But if they lose year. 110 they, to 105 yeah, exactly. and Embiid played has, hard and Embiid had a great game and like they just like just right. lost game seven. It's like, all right, like I'm not happy. I'm still annoyed with the season and the outcome, but at least I'm not going in the off season being like, well, they're never win. Like right now, I feel like they will never win a title with this group. Like that's where I'm at. Yeah. It's over in my. It's over. So I'm and not. Yeah, and, and, yeah. and I know logically that I'm. You're not there, and I'll let you t- go there in a yeah, second. Yeah. And but I know logically. Look, the NBA the last three years has been the most wide open in our lifetimes. You know, every year in our lives, like all right, the Bulls are going to win. All right, the Warriors are going to win. All right, Spurs are going to win. Or it's going to be the Spurs or the Heat. Like one of those two teams will win. It's so rare that we have a wide open so NBA, wide open, yeah. and it is. It is. The last couple of years, we've seen that. Each of the champions the last few years, it's been, I know the Warriors had won a bunch, but that was an unexpected. They weren't the best team all year, like all that stuff. So I do think that there is hope in that, but it's like, man, like I can't watch that happen in game seven, the best chance they've had to get out of that round and just completely, you know, earmuffs, one, two, three, shit the bed. Yeah. And be like, all right, well, let's just, yo, it's all going to be good. Yeah. yeah, I can't do it. Well, it's funny. Joe Giglio asked me on air. He said, how much longer would you give this group of Sixers? And my answer was, until there's a better plan. Yeah. I, I, well, know, that's I, the, I, I understand the, yeah, the, the I don't, reality of their situation. Yeah. But, yes. but to tie this into the Eagles, what I think's interesting about my whole how I'm viewing losing and, you know, all that is the Eagles lost the Super Bowl. But what I really respect about the Eagles and why I think they are obviously the best franchise in the city by miles is it's not I mean they've all they've won one Super Bowl in I mean just take Larry's tenure 25 years whatever it is I mean they've been to a bunch of conference champ they went to three straight conference championship games lost all of them not that different than what the Sixers are going through obviously another round but not that different but what I respect about the Eagles so much is the lows are very quick and they don't come often. And I think the the longer I am close to sport, like the longer I'm covering sports and the more I like follow the everyday intricacies of it, what I really respect about the Eagles and how you know they're operating at a high level is, I think the chances the Eagles win seven games next year are like 5%. Mm-hmm. Like we can joke about it, like, you know, everything, but ultimately they're going to be a double-digit win team. They're going to be in the playoffs. They'll probably win the division and they'll probably be the one seed. Will they win the Super Bowl? I don't know. But I think what's impressive about the Eagles that the other teams don't have, besides, ironically, the Sixers in a way, is when it comes to the playoffs and it comes to these final games, we can, I love narratives and I love roller coasters and I love legacies and I love bucket boys and winning and all those things. But the more really close postseason games I watch, it just makes you realize how much winning it all is somewhat fluky. Like not, not fluky is not the right word, but you know, just... If in game six, De'Anthony Melton makes one more three. Well, look, we could talk oh, about the yeah. Eagles. I mean, the they, Eagles, if, yeah. De'Anthony, if the ball doesn't go off Keanu Neal's leg, if Julio Jones catches the ball in the end zone, I mean, that's 100%. the year they actually won the Super Bowl. Yeah, you know? Or you can say for the Chiefs last year. If, if they the don't other call way the flag. If, they don't call the flag. If the if field the, is different, there's all, right, exactly. Jalen, no, all yeah. these things. So All you can do is put yourself in position to have chances. Yes, and I think that's what 
is most respectable about the Eagles compared to some of the other franchises is, so let's look at the Sixers and the Phillies in comparison. The Sixers, every year, you know, for the, like, let's just talk about current 10 years, right? They are almost always a top four seed. They almost always have home field home court advantage in the series they're playing. Obviously not this last one. They were the one seed one year. They have the MVP. They consistently win 50-plus games. Like this, The Sixers are one of the best teams in the NBA. But come playoff in time— In the regular season. Yeah, they, they lose. And right? you're judged by playoff success. I agree with that. Judged by you playoff are judged success. by playoff success. But what's interesting compared to the Phillies, and it's why I think it's a perfect comparison, is the Phillies— Made the playoffs once, mm-hmm. but they went all the way to the World Series. World Series. So it, it's kind of which would you rather be? And I think that's the interesting thing about the Sixers and what highlights how good the Eagles are. The Eagles have only won one Super Bowl, but even on the years that we remember as terrible years, they won a playoff game one of those years, mm-hmm. and they were in the playoffs the other years. When you're in the playoffs, you have a roll of the dice. And I think what really sports is about is a roll of the dice. I'm not a, a ref guy, but the Super Bowl. The flag. You know, if that doesn't get called, maybe they win. The yep. flag is completely out of control. I know he held, but it's out of their control. Game six against the Celtics. The Sixers come out. They almost win it. They're like this, this close. And then it comes out the next day that they got like 14 calls that went against, went against them compared to the Celtics three. And players played poorly. And B didn't play well. Harden didn't play well. But if half those calls go in the Sixers' favor, then they're winners. So when I look at what the Eagles do compared to the Phillies and the Sixers, the Eagles are always in it. They're always in it. They might not do it every year, and they certainly have not done it every year, but they're always in it. And I think that's what I'm starting to respect a little bit more. I still believe in your flags fly forever. Championships matter. Had the Eagles won the Super Bowl, clearly we would view it differently. But I just respect the fact that every year the Eagles have a legit chance, and I think maybe that's where I differ with people on the Sixers a little more. I respect the fact that the Sixers every year are one of the final eight teams, and then you just see what happens. Whereas the Phillies, who went all the way to the World Series, almost never have a chance because they don't make the postseason. Well, I mean, less teams make the yeah. less percentage of teams make the playoffs in baseball. Like there are years over that run where the Phillies would have made the playoffs if there had been you know NBA half the titles probably makes the hardest it. to win though. Would you say that? I, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I. I think the Super Bowl might be the hardest to win. Well, that's one and done, but you only yeah. have to win. Yeah, that's true. And you have to win honestly, 16 yeah, games in honest, the NBA. I mean, baseball playoffs are chaos once you get there, so yeah. that's hard to do, too. And who like even you, knows about hockey? And you'd be the best team in baseball, and it means nothing for the right. playoffs, practically. So here's what I think in talking about that. And we're talking about like kind of what, what can these two teams take from the Eagles? Because mm-hmm. to, to your point, without a doubt, and I would quibble with the I would much rather be the Phillies right now than the Sixers, personally, the situation they're in, and something I'm going to get to in a minute. But I do think that that these teams should look to the. I mean, the Eagles are so far and away the number one franchise in this city, and it's deserved. Right. And it's from the top. That's what I believe. I believe it comes from Jeffrey Lurie on down, and, and the the way. And we you talk about it all the time. How many times over the last few years, particularly when they were going bad in 2020, and I'm sitting here ranting and yeah. raving about the Jaguars and they're going to be the the Lions and the Browns, the, you know. And I'm I'm like. And you were like, bro, like they are a great franchise. They mm-hmm. do things the right way. The infrastructure is great. Like they go about their business the right way. And yeah, it's a down year and all these factors played into it, but they do things the right way and they will bounce back because of it. And it was proven to be absolutely true. And I think that's the thing with the Eagles is the is the way that they are run yeah. as a franchise. The 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 drafting and developing thing, like this kind of stuff, which is the Phillies thing, which is what they're starting to do now and is so important for the future. And I think when you look at this Sixers thing, I think the biggest issue they've had, like, because we both thought the process was smart. We were mm-hmm. believers in that the idea, the process. And I think it worked. And I think it worked to a point. The issue is 
couple issues. Obviously, they drafted poorly in spots. Very, you know? very, very but poorly. But they didn't develop guys. They didn't. They didn't. They worried about like let's get a bunch of talent and bring them in. Mm-hmm. Like, what do you do with that talent once you get it? How do you take that talent and take it to and create a culture? There's no culture with the Sixers. Yeah. Like it is a losing culture. It is a everyone gets to do whatever the hell they want culture. It's a James Harden. Sure, go to Vegas and whatever. I know he played well in that game, but then as soon as Doc says I didn't like that, he's like, get out of here. Like no one has gotten rid of more coaches in the history of sports than James Harden. Like so, it's like this this whole like culture attitude down there. Is is not a winning formula. It's not a winning formula. Whereas the culture that's in that building, from Hertz and Sirianni, and obviously all the way up, like that's a winning culture. Well, that's how you get guys in and you make them better. That's why you take a Jalen Carter and believe that he's going to succeed in your building because you have a, a, a place to bring players to make them better. And the Phillies have not done that for forever, and they're starting to focus on that. And the Sixers have not done that either. And that's that's my biggest issue with this whole situation. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did. So what's interesting about what you said is, and I agree with Jalen, and I've been down in the facility a few days over the past few weeks. I mean, every player that talks talks about how it's important Jalen's there. And, you know, rookies that come in, they already met Jalen. Jalen already texted him. So all those things are very important. That is a small window of the Eagles, of I think, what makes them successful. What I think separates the Eagles, and I'm happy you brought up ownership because I think it's so true. It is Lurie, but I also think what it is is what we kind of criticize him for briefly Whenever I go to the facility, I would say eight out of ten times, Lurie's car is parked in his spot. He is there. Oh, he when watches I worked for practices. the team back in the that was yeah. still a decade ago. He was there every day. He cares. Like we can criticize the fact that he's in the draft room and why is he offering input. But I'll trade that for having an owner that at his core wants this team to win. I think there are a few things in his life he cares more about outside of, you know health and family yeah. than the Eagles win. I totally agree he, with you. He owns tons of businesses. I guarantee you he cares the most about the Eagles winning. And so with the Sixers... And by the way, I know that it hasn't always borne results, but I feel that way about John Middleton. Like, I do believe that John well, Middleton I gonna say. really I, I do, yeah. cares about winning. Like, he hasn't always gone about it the right way, but like, that dude desperately wants to win. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. He's kind of new on the scene, though. Well, so he was there. He was a minority That's owner, what I mean. And then he's he became, now the yes, face of it for the only last, the first... Like, seven, eight years yeah. or whatever it's been. So, I think I get the same vibe from him. I don't get the same... And sometimes... Sports can be so result-oriented. I do think he really cares. He spends money. He's certainly, when he comes on the radio, I think he says always the right things. Mm-hmm. He came and talked to fans in the stands with you guys. I believe... Which I, I love. I thought I, that was... I 100% agree with that. Great stuff. Yeah. So I definitely think he really cares. Where I think the Sixers, we differ slightly on how Josh Harris is Yeah, I think is Josh Harris is a horrendous I know, you, you don't owner. like him as an owner. I think he's a horrible I think he gives owner. 
I think he gives them a lot of resources what he they does. need, that, which I think is a big part I of being an owner. I will not rip him in that he spends money. There's but, no question about that. But, but I don't believe Josh Harris really at his core cares if no, they win. No, and, and to your point before— it? Yes, but— before, Your point before, the Sixers are probably like 400th on his list, of, you know, 100th, whatever. That guy is a yeah. lot of coming, including a new football team. Right. You know? Whereas I think when the Eagles lose, Jeffrey is really thinks about I it agree. for a long time. 100% I don't agree. think Josh Harris is like that. I don't think that makes him a bad owner, but but I I think that's one of the difference with the Eagles is the Eagles are completely aligned in their vision. And I also think the other thing the Eagles don't do that other teams do is I do think the Eagles don't often make reactionary decisions. So Doc is not a new coach here. Doc has his failures. I would have fired Doc. But I didn't like when Daryl Morey said at this press conference, and I'm paraphrasing, reading into, but his answer was essentially, yeah, if Doc wins, wins one more game, he's probably still yeah, here. Yeah, that was a horrible answer. And I think that's a that's a poor process. Of course it's a, it's a poor, poor way to go process. About it. Now, I do think had they beaten Boston, they would have beaten the Heat, and that's whatever. But the Eagles, like when, when Howie was really struggling twice, you know, in 2013 with Chip and then also um, – in 2020, they stuck by him. And Mm -hmm. I think you're seeing the benefits of that. I don't think keeping Doc around was the right call. But what the Eagles have done is they've allowed Howie to grow. And now because he's made so many mistakes, but they've stuck with him, there's not a situation in the league that Howie hasn't been through and can't look at how he did it and remember the mistakes he made or remember what helped him. So I think that helps. But I think the Eagles, more than any other franchise, have have such a backbone of the owner and the GM are rock solid, good at their jobs. Dom Smolensky from the business side of it, very he's good. He's great too. Right. But I think that's what the issue with the Sixers is. The Sixers have, to a certain extent... Absentee is probably not fully fair, but they don't have an owner that I think cares as much as Jeffrey. He's got a lot more going on. They've than had Jeffrey. a lot more like it turnover. Is what it is, right? Like Jeffrey Lurie's, right. like he has other businesses, but his biggest thing, the most important thing that Jeffrey Lurie owns, is the Philadelphia Eagles. Like the Sixers are not the most important thing that Josh no, Harris they're owns. They're just I agree not. With that. I mean, honestly, probably Washington is right now. Without, if I mean, we're being honest, honest. Yeah. no, if we're being honest, it's it's some some of these businesses, Apollo yeah, yeah, yeah. Owns or whatever. But regardless, yeah. the point is, yes, even sports wise, Washington's more important. Right. Now. Paid but a lot more money for him. I think another thing. Thing the Eagles have done that I think the Sixers and Phillies could really learn from is when they hire head coaches and it's a it's definitely part of the Sixers right now but frankly I think it really applies to the Phillies. Rob Thompson did a great job last year. Rob Thompson was in the MLB for what 25 years before he got a job at manager. Longer, yeah. You can make an argument he's just he he got a hot streak last year but he's maybe not a great a great manager. We have no idea yet. Yeah. But but I I guess what I mean, saying, but he was also an interim manager who took him to the World Series. Like, yeah. You're obviously going to bring that guy back. You, yeah, like, you yeah, definitely yeah. bring him back. I mean, sign him to the long extension. I, well, we can debate how long, long like is two years or whatever. We can debate how long his lease should be. But either way, when the Eagles have hired coaches, what I think has been really smart about what they've done is they have gone with guys that they just believe in. You very rarely see them hire the big name. Chip was the biggest name I think Larry mm-hmm. has ever hired. Didn't work out, obviously. He was gone in three years. They did win a lot of games under Chip, but it didn't yeah, work every out. Every other one has been unexpected right. out of nowhere. Doug. Out of yeah, nowhere. Nick, uh, yeah. freaking Andy, all of it. Even Ray Rhodes was not like, it was a little out of nowhere, but like, right. you know, the other three are big time out of nowhere. And so I think the other two teams, and I'm not involved in their thought process, and there is a certain extent of like, yeah, just sign Trey Turner, right? But I think the other two teams do a little more of, like when they fire Doc and it's tweeted out that they're looking at Monty Williams, like, Budenholzer, like all, like all the guys you expected. There's never anything interesting. It's not like, oh, they're interviewing the head coach well, of, yeah, other than, of whatever, right? Yeah. It's not like, wow, that's surprising. Whereas I think the Eagles, when they look at head coaches, they do cast a wider net. They don't just follow what I think 
people believe they should do. And I think part of that is because they're well-connected within the league. I don't think Josh Harris talks to a lot of people no, in the I NBA. Agree. And Middleton probably does. I would mm-hmm. give him credit on that. But I think for the Sixers and the Phillies, they could learn from hiring from the Eagles because I think the Sixers right now, they don't need a Monty Williams. They need someone that is like motivated. When I, I watched how Nick and Doug came into that building and they were so motivated by the disrespect that it fueled them. I think Nick is still fueled by the fact that his press conference. I agree with you. You know, it kills him inside and it kills him inside that people make fun of him and all those things. And I mean that as a compliment. Like he is. It his, drives him. His career is on the line. If I think when you saw at the end of Andy's tenure, and he's been obviously really good in Kansas City, but at the end of Andy's ten- tenure, he was kind of. Checked out. He was made, yeah. right? His career is what it is. Doc Rivers wants to win with the Sixers, I think. But it, it's not killing Doc if he no, loses not game seven. He can go play golf. Right. A Whereas lot I more. think Sirianni, you know, it drives yeah. him. But that's because he hasn't won one. He's not already a Hall of Fame coach. Doc's already a Hall of Fame coach. Now, Monty Williams is not that. Mike Budenholzer is not that. But they've had success. So I think for the Phillies, too, with Rob Thompson, I know he's older, so it's a little, he's like an old rookie, which is a little different. But I liked when Gabe was here, and Gabe was like bringing fresh ideas and really wanted to prove himself. Well, I think Thompson does a lot of that too. He is special. Okay. Oh yeah, for sure. You would know. I more mean, than I me. don't always agree with them, but I do think he tries stuff. But look, I, I think you're making really interesting points, and I I generally agree. I think, look, I, I think the issue with the Sixers in particular is I don't know that there's a coach that they can bring in that's going to change this, especially mm-hmm. because of the culture that's been set. Like, what coach is going to be able to come in here and? For, I would hire Nick Nurse if it was me. I, oh, think, so I would hire Sam Cassell. I know. I saw your yeah. endorsement. And I get that. Like, right. Cassell would be high on my list. He would be, you know, my issue with Cassell is he's been here for this. Yeah, you know, I, I, and I've, that was my biggest issue with him. And that concerns me, you know, just being here for the, like, but I need someone who can come in and say, Joel Embiid, get down the block. Like, get down there. Play, play to your side. I need someone who's going to be like, Joe, work out. Be in shape. Be ready. I know he's a big man. He's not meant to, to do to his body what right. he does. But, like, I need someone who's going to be able to come in and and get James Harden to try when he's not trying and get people to care when they're not caring. And I just don't know if the, with the culture that's been set there that, like, can anyone come in and tell Joel Embiid what to do or James Harden? Like, especially James Harden now, it feels like he runs the Sixers all of a sudden. Right. Like, well, who knows? We'll see how this all plays out. But if he gets a four-year deal, it's like, oh, James Harden's team. Like, got the, especially if they hired D'Antoni, then it's like, okay, so Harden's really in charge here. Yeah. So, uh, like... I just don't know who can come in here and have like the ability to to change what's been set and sown for so long with these players. And, and just, I think what's interesting about that is in the NBA, I think your stars are just the culture setters. And Jalen's well, that's a cult- why you need stars. Jalen's a culture setter. Want to win? Yeah, for sure. Well, that's what I was going to say. I think that I think there is a strong argument that Joel Embiid is more talented at basketball than Jalen is at football. And that's oh, I not, think there definitely right? is right. Jalen's awesome and Embiid's awesome, but I think no, he's also like six, you know, yeah, further in his sure. career and all that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, again, I'm the one that on Radio Row spent all week saying, he's <laughs> so you don't have to talk to me about Jalen's yeah. potential. Yeah, sure. But, but I do think what with the Joel thing, and it's look, it was a bit of a Carson thing too. I don't think there's a head coach in the NBA or a human on this earth that can come coach the Sixers that will change how Joel acts in big spots. I think it's just who he is. I think you're just going to have to hope the next time they play Game 7, Joel's into it that day. Like It's <sighs> painful and it's worrisome. I know. It's like, but some people but are like that. what about Harden too? No, I agree. Th- yeah. That's what's worrisome about them together. Now, the tough thing is they're also extremely talented and very good. So sure. there's both sides of it. But that's what the Eagles benefit with, with Jalen and why... Carson as the number two pick, you could argue, I think Jalen's arm's underrated. We could argue just quickly, 
you know, maybe Carson has a better arm. But Carson just was not Jalen. Yep. His personality, all those things. And that's what makes Jalen worth the money when they sign him. I mean, me, you, and, you know, like Jack and people in the office often debate, like, how much better can Jalen be? Like, and we are on the camp of he will be better. But I think why you feel comfortable yeah. with that is not only could he be better, but I do think it matters from a perspective of he's in the building all the time. Every game he plays, you know he's going to be very steady. That's what's so frustrating about Joel is Joel is unbelievably talented, but Joel is much more, for those not watching, I'm going like this, right? Yeah, like up, and down. up, down, up, down. Whereas Hurts, better, worse, whatever, it's consistent. is consistent. And that's what's frustrating. I mean, even to bring up Ben Simmons for a second, Ben Simmons was an incredibly flawed player. At least you knew every night Ben Simmons was going to give you like, you know, 12, 10, and 9. And you knew his flaw. What sucks about Harden and Joel is you know how great you can they can be, so you build around them. And then some nights they're just like, well, I don't have it tonight. <laughs> and then that's it. Like, at least with Ben, you knew the flaw, and the flaw was unable to get over. And I think that's what makes Jalen so special is there will be games where Jalen doesn't play well, but we've never watched Jalen, I don't think, where we are up in the press box or watching from TV or whatever, and you go, man, he's just mentally out he's of it. He's not here today. Yeah, He's just not at, He's no. just not in it. And even the Super Bowl, when he had that fumble, I think it was a critical play. Whatever. But he bounced right back. But he did play well the rest yeah. of the game. And I don't know if Joel does so that. It, I don't know if James does that. I think it's such that. a great point. And I, I think to your point from before, I think it's probably the most important thing you could ask for out of your best player. Like, obviously, right. talent and all that. But, like, you need someone who is driven and yeah. someone who cares and someone who – because you're right. Like, a coach doesn't have the same gravitas as if Joel Embiid is the one going up to players and be like, give That's me why more. why they had to sign P.J. Tucker. Exactly. Yeah. And we were like, oh, yay, P.J. in the moment. But the fact that P.J. Tucker in Game 5 of the most important game of the season had to yell at your star player, hey, get your head out of your ass right. and, and bring it. Like, that's a problem. Yeah. That's a problem. Whereas Jalen Hurts is P.J. Tucker from that perspective. Well, it, and he's your best player and he can set that freaking tone. Yeah, and the other thing I think the Eagles benefit from is I think in the NBA, it's really hard for the head coach to be the culture setter. You could argue, you know, Greg Popovich, Eric Spolstra, Nick Nurse to an extent, but they weren't that good once they lost Kawhi. But in the NBA, in the NFL, I definitely think head coaches can be uh, culture setters. What the Eagles benefit from is they have a great culture setter in Jeffrey Lurie, so you check that. Sixers don't have that. The Eagles have a great culture setter in Nick. You check that. Sixers don't even have a head coach. So, But I think already with Nick, Lurie, and Howie, the Eagles culture will always be very good. Where it goes on mega drive, like steroids, is then they have arguably the best one already at quarterback. I think you can win without your quarterback being Jalen, but when you have him being that as well, it really highlights how Joel has to do it all by himself. He's the only culture setter for the Sixers. F- baseball, you could speak to about better, but I think it's tougher to be a, a huge culture setter guy. You play so many games, so, and like so many different players, one of the nine and, the yeah, line, exactly. all those things. Yes, but Bryce seems like he's that guy. He Rob does. Thompson and me doesn't, but who knows? Um, anyway, I just think the 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 Eagles really benefit from having at each key spot an extreme culture setter. And I think that's what the Sixers could learn from. I, so. I think it's such a great point, especially, you know, Joel isn't and then James isn't. And then if you've got yeah. those, those are your guys. Those are your guys. Yeah. And it's so important. The shame is they're just so good. Look, they're very, I mean, and beat especially. Harden, you know, is still good for, you know, what he is, but could be better if he 
stayed took care of himself. But yeah, Embi- I mean, Embiid is is yeah. a- as talented a player as there is in the league. Like that's that's why it's so upsetting. I mean, think that about he this. Can't get out of the second round. Joel had the best season of his career. He won the MVP. I put a Twitter poll up yesterday. And I asked, told you this, by the way. Didn't I know. I? I know. I did it. I just told to say. you. I know. I'm just saying. Right. I knew where these results. Yeah, would go. obviously. And it was. Did your opinion of Joel essentially get better or worse this year? And I haven't checked this morning. It was but like it was 87, like 90, 80, yeah, ninety yeah. percent worse off of. You know, three games. Yeah, he played probably ninety games this. Year. Not not that many. He played probably eighty played games this year during the regular season. So yeah, yeah probably and like a bunch of the playoffs. So in those three games, dictated all of it. Yeah. So it's just it's probably extremely frustrating. I'm sure it is, but again, yeah. it also should be a lesson to him. Like this is how you are judged. Like ultimately, as much as the regular season's nice and MVPs are nice and stuff. Yeah, like greatness is judged on winning it when it matters most. Like that's just yeah. how it is. I want to continue this conversation, but first, well, speaking of let's winning, let's give a chance. Be, exactly. Speaking Look, of see, winning, you did better than I. I, I had a segue. That was better. Speaking yeah. of winning, go. So last night, and this is actually I have to talk to you about this off the air in a roundabout oh, good. way. Good, I like this. Yeah. So what, we're having what, what a tease that having is an HVAC my problem later. with our. Oh goodness! So we have two HVACs. We have a basement HVAC and a second floor mm-hmm. HVAC. And our second floor HVAC right now is not putting out cold water. Good news is I think it's a small problem. Whatever. So what did we do last night? Got up to the third floor. I thought, man, it's hot upstairs. I put my window up. Look at you. I put my window up. You don't appreciate a good window until you need one. And I needed a good window last night. How do you get good windows? You already know. I didn't have to say it. It's like if I said to you, what are you going to use to bet on? You would answer. If I say you need a good window, (laughs) you need Window Nation. They're part of the family. They listen to the pod. Jalen Hurts is involved with Window Nation. Shout out to Jalen Hurts with Window Nation. We just talked all about culture. Jalen obviously does not just make decisions willy-nilly. point, He can work with anybody. He said, if I'm going to be in Philly, it gets pretty cool, hot, cold. I'm going to need quality windows. That's right. He needs them from Window Nation. And the way you can get really good windows and the way you can enjoy these windows with us is you call 866-90-NATION, and when you do, they will probably tell you some of these things, which is you get good windows, you save 30% on your energy bill, uh, energy bills. You get good windows, you increase the value of your home by up to $12,000. And I love that they wrote here, jealous neighbors. I just love the pettiness of writing that. Oh, it's so great. true. Like, you want to make your neighbors jealous? Why don't you increase your value by $12,000? No big deal to you. <laughs> So anyway, I need a good windows. I had good windows, and it's something you don't really respect until you need them. So call 866-90-NATION. You can go online to windownation.com. And when you do, make sure I'm GoBird. Tell them GoBird sent you. Damn straight. Tell them GoBird sent you. And when you save all that money with Window Nation, bang, open up the Bet Park Sportsbook app and start making more money with it by winning some bets. Yes, I did win on the oh, Heat money you? line last night cuz Elliot well, you kept won telling on the me Celtics yeah, money no line too on Sunday. There's no I did cuz you forced me yeah. to bet it. There is no way all oh, the Heat they're not going to I was like they're definitely winning tonight. Yeah. And bang, thank well, you plus 310 or whatever it was. Bang. Beautiful times. Sixers beat Celtics game one. And it couldn't have been easier to do than on the Bet Park Sportsbook app. It's so much fun. And obviously, basketball playoffs are so much fun to bet on. Plus, baseball's back, golf, hockey playoffs going on. It is a great time of year. And in your hand, when you're holding the Bet Park Sportsbook app, you have all you need to get some skin in the game. And it is so much more fun when you're actually having some action on these games we're already watching. It's playoffs. We're watching it. Have a little action on it. It makes it so much more. You're way more invested in the action. It is just way more fun. And it's the only sportsbook app that we hear GoBirds recommend. Obviously, live in-game betting. Bet on the action as it happens. Wild swings and lines. Real opportunities to make money. Same game parlays. So much fun. 
nothing better than hitting three of the four and then missing that last one by half point and being like, well. <laughs> nothing better. At least I had fun tonight. You're that's buying the, hope. That's the, you're buying hope. I like that. Actually, remind me of a point about that. Yeah, okay, good. I like that. Um, and again, you can bet more on the score player. Performances, home runs, strikeouts, points, rebounds, all the good seven. Here's a great deal. All new users, if you bet $10, you get 125 in sportsbook bonus. If your first bet wins, betparks.com has all the terms and conditions, new users and winning bets only. Sports bonus must be wagered once. You see website for details. You must be 21 and present in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, or Ohio. Gambling problem. 1-800-GAMBLER. Um, hey, everyone. This is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So yesterday we spoke to Jason Kelsey down at the Novacare. Oh, no big deal to you. Yeah, no big deal to me. And it was actually yesterday. I don't rarely do this, but I was looking at Jason because he was talking about how he might retire, how he's like contemplating retiring and thinking, that is one of the best all-time Eagles up there. Oh, yeah. You know, in like 20 yeah. years. When I, I'm like, that's a still, hall, you're looking at a hall of right, famer, right? Like right now, now, when people talk about Chuck Bednarik, I'm like, get out of here. Like, <laughs> like, I could literally care less about He's anything our Chuck Bednarik. Yeah. Chuck Bednarik. Like in 30 like years, that. when I'm talking, they'll be like, get out of here with a center for blah, blah, blah. I'm like, no, trust <laughs> me, you had to be there. You had to be there. You really, it's a great point. It's like, exa- yeah. That, in, in our lifetime, honestly, there's never yeah. been an offensive lineman who's like right. just popped like this. And what am I going to say to people? No, you should have seen how fast he was in space. I'm not going <laughs> to like st- point to his stats. At least with other old athletes, I could say, you know, he had like X amount of touchdowns yeah. or whatever. But anyway, Jason made an interesting point. Uh, he was talking about, I forget what the question was, but he was saying the one thing, part of his job and part of the job as an NFL player is you give people hope. And I thought it was an interesting way of phrasing it, where the games are a small portion of the full calendar year. What the Eagles give Philly fans is hope. There's very there was there's only this goes back to what we were just talking about. Eagles fans have been able to spend all offseason this year and all up until week one and all of it like pride and hope and feeling like yes, we, like we have a chance to win it all. Sixers don't give their fans that. Such a great point, You know, the Phillies this year did to an extent. but haven't in the past, no doubt. You know, Keith Jones going to give it to the Flyers. I mean, starting to at least more than we have before. Well, I mean, look, they did a, I I can't remember, I think it might have been John Johnson. One of the shows on WIP did a poll, which front office do you have more faith in? I know, I saw the Flyers, The Flyers beat the Sixers, and it's like, Well, the Sixers aren't winning any polls right now. Agree, but like, how crazy is that TV? Like, the Flyers have been (laughs) a a laughing stock. Like, literal laughing stock. When Keith Jones was talking on your show, and it was... I actually listened the whole hour. Was it was phenomenal. very interesting. He yeah. was so good. But he did say, to go back to our prior conversation, he said, the Eagles are really good. You can mostly just look at them and say, do what they do. We and did I appreciate, say that. That's what I, I mean. too. And I appreciated the honesty with that. Um, and it's anyway. the whole conversation we're having here. Like, that's yeah. what we're saying. Like, look at that. M- mimic that. It's why Emulate I, that. I honestly believe I could be the GM of a football <laughs> team because <laughs> I've watched the Eagles up close. I just firmly believe it. But... Um, anyway, that was an interesting point from Jason about how part of his job, on a, like maybe the biggest part of his job, is giving fans hope throughout the year. Well, and it's a great point because that is what fandom is, right? Like, that's the whole point. I always say this. You know I always say it. But, like, it is, and maybe not for us as much now because we actually, it's our jobs. And right. stuff, but in general, like, being a sports fan is a choice. 
Right? You know, yes, your parents hand it down to you and the teams and all that stuff. Yeah, but like, you choose how much exactly, you watch. Exactly. And... It's our time. We spend, uh, like, I don't have that much time. I wake up so, I wake up so early. You know how early I go to <laughs> I'm bed. I'm well aware. Like, it is like a choice. Yeah. It is a choice to stay up and watch a game or to commit my energy or to buy a shirt or to go to a game and spend all this money. Like, like that is our choice and our, our we are expending of our own life assets, both time and money to do that. And and it is incumbent upon these teams to give us a reason to do that. Well, and right now, that's that's the concern with the Sixers yeah. is that because of the year after year after year of the, the same thing, the same old story, the same old ending, like that it it, it is an off season where it's like I don't feel hope. Like I'm not excited about the Sixers. Right. I, I'm down. You're not going to think about them all off season. No, you're not going to exactly. be excited for trades. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Anything they do, you're just going to go. Well, get out the second round. <laughs> Yeah. Seriously, and that's a real problem as a where you're at as a franchise. Um, speaking the of, fans of picking and choosing, so after the Sixers lost Game Six, which was in Philly, I I was at the game. I come home. Kristen's already asleep because it's like I don't know eleven thirty or twelve or whatever. I get home and she's like, "Did they win?" And I'm thinking, "Wow, what a, <laughs> what a different <laughs> what life. A life." I've been thinking about this game all week. I watched it. It was an emotional roller coaster. I'm like the most devastated I've been in a long time about a game, and she's like. Did they win? Yeah, I know. Like, wow, how smart were you? Yeah. Not to just, you know, but but that's what we choose. That's what and we choose. It. And it is worth it. And again, you know, maybe a few more championships would be nice. Yeah. But but it, but that is really the key of what we're talking about here is that the Sixers are in a spot where they are not providing hope for their fans. Like, that is really the crux of it. Yep. And, and, and that's a real problem. The Eagles deal in hope. The Eagles are the best at it, man. Yeah, like, they and, are. and again, to your point, like, it's... It Jason is, said that yesterday. He said... What he really likes about Eagles fans is by every year, by week one, they are convinced they are going to win the Super Bowl. Yeah, buddy. And the Eagles have earned that. They and they have. Yeah. And this year they're going to win the Super Bowl. This so year they're, they're going to you win know. It, so so that, it's a it's a, a righteous uh, belief heading into the season. Did you see the Warren Sharp thing that uh, the rest edge? Yeah, thing? yeah. Just, just keeps. Well, if you want to if you want to talk about disrespect. With his rest edge, like if we're going to go with just that. So for those who don't know, Warren Sharp has been, he's been talking about this for a couple of years now where he right. says the only, like the most important way to judge schedules is all about how much rest these teams get, mm-hmm. like how much they're on the road, how many days off, how many days between games, all that type of stuff. And the Eagles were, I believe, a minus six in yeah. rest advantage. I think they was, had the six fewest, they, they're the six worst in terms of they get fewer rest than their opponent. The Chiefs, minus 13. They were the second oh, really? worst out it's of all. That you, I mean, but really, yeah. if you want to do like the Chiefs, so like I, th- I thought that was pretty astounding when I saw. I was like, wow, like the Chiefs are twice as bad as the Eagles from the rest. Of well, it. and a flip side of that is the Jets were number one in the league. Yeah, and the the league has every incentive to make the Jets. Of good. course. Here's a of good course. question: Do you think the Do you think the NFL wants the Chiefs and the Eagles to go back to the Super Bowl? No. I don't think so either. I, I, but I also, I really do believe, I think, look, any league wants the best teams, the best product, whoever. I think the NFL of all the leagues, and I think they know this, it is just the least important. Like, everyone's going to watch Super Bowl. Yes. It just and doesn't they, matter they who it is. And they, they sell parody. And they sell parody. And they also are good enough at, at creating storylines out of things, at finding ways to make stuff compelling. Yeah. Like, I, uh, yes, ideally, they're like, I want the two most marquee franchises or players or whatever. But I think ultimately, like, unlike where it's the NBA, where we literally talk about the extender and like, the, oh, got yeah. Celtics, Lakers, all this stuff, which is like crazy that that is something that is just a normal part of conversation. When we're talking about NBA playoff games, we talk, well, I wonder if the refs are going to fit. And it's a problem. Like, for that, the that's a real problem yeah. is the league that that, that is a, a, a topic of conversation in all these games. Like, 
like, yes, we had our issues with the Super Bowl and the field and all that, but like, that's a unique thing. Yeah. It's not like we're, we're, you know, talking about every, oh, that's the NFL wanted us to lose. Like, we never say that. It never happens. Well, what I think the NFL likes, like the NBA, there were a lot of years where it's, well, well, the Sixers aren't going to go to the finals because LeBron's there. Or in the West, it's, well, the Warriors are just going to go. Yeah, totally. Whereas I think, whole the, lives as I think fans, the really. NFL probably doesn't want to get to a point where it's, well, the Chiefs are just going to go mm-hmm. and the Eagles are just going to go. I think they would choose to have the Brady thing's an interesting debate because there's some coolness about him winning, whatever. But I think the NFL would choose to have two different teams every year because then that's two new fan bases that have hope. That's the overarching thought that any team could make it. And so when you look at how they did these schedules, it's probably not a coincidence that the Eagles and the Chiefs got two of the hardest schedules. Right. Well, they also won the or played in the well, Super Bowl. Like they were No, I'm, I know. Yeah. No, the resting, yeah. That, yeah, yeah that's they, what I mean. Just in general, like the schedule was going to be hard. It was, but yeah. if we if we uh, go down the Warren Sharp path, yeah, of, the one the thing Sharp they thing. can control is rest. Yeah. They gave the now, Eagles again, and the Chiefs two two of the hardest real quick, paths. They can control it to a point. They still need to even out all of this stuff and and right. like it is a a, a, a complicated mix to get all these teams like the travel it is. it's extremely you know, no teams tough. can have this many days right. in a row like it is like that's why computers do it you know they but, could they could look and go eh, this is not right for the eagles yeah, i agree they, look they, you know look, i uh, i have not been with you on the disrespect thing especially because i like this and again we acknowledge the opponents are tough it is what it is yeah but i like the way it was laid out more than you did this is the biggest thing where i'm like yeah that you know when you look yeah. at it from that perspective and especially when it's the chiefs <laughs> and the eagles both among the bottom seven or eight or whatever it is it's like well, it's yeah, like they'd probably rather have the jets in the super bowl I guess so. Which New is York, crazy. Aaron yeah, Rodgers. Yeah, no, new I think team, they would. I think they would. Encourages trades. Hey, NFL, I got bad news for you. <laughs> well, they the have Jets to, are not going to be in the series. I don't think so either. No, I don't know. I, I don't want the Jets to make the playoffs. It is. <laughs> hey, you're hated the Jets. Like, so it's funny because you always used to be like, oh, I don't hate the Jets. Right. Now that Aaron Rodgers is there, I'm totally rooting against him. So we yeah. are on the same page finally with this. Um, it is pretty wild, though. When you, I know we've talked about it a lot this offseason, and it's part of the reason I'm so bullish about the Eagles going back to the Super Bowl and all that. But, like, when you just stop and, like, list the guys, like, the quarterback in our lifetime, it's never been this. There has never been a bigger disparity from one guy to the other in yeah. terms of quarterbacks. Like, again, we always say it's Jalen, then, like, Dax, probably number Jared two, Goff. Derek Carr, Jared Goff. Like, the AFC has Mahomes, yep. Herbert, Lamar, Lamar. Rodgers. Like, uh, it, Russell all, Wilson. That's what I mean. Like, the, yeah. the guys who are, like, seven, eight, nine on the list would be, like, Two, three in the NFC. How many quarterbacks in the, well, then there's the whole like, is Mahomes one, is whatever, but how many quarterbacks in the AFC would definitively be number two from the AFC to the NFC? Okay, so Herbert. Herbert would definitely number two. Herbert, Burrow, both. Yeah. Absolutely. I think Lamar Jackson would definitely be number two. I agree with that. I think. um, Would Russell Wilson? I don't think I'm not sure. Let's ta- let's table Russell. Okay. He might be. Okay. Let's table. He had a rough year last year. I think Tua. Aaron Rodgers. You'd probably still put out a Dak. Agreed. Two. I'm not sure about. Two was good last year. Two was solid. I think two is in the in the discussion. You. Talk, yeah. I'd still probably take Dak because of the health and the ability to stay on the field and yeah. feeling more confident about that with the concussion stuff. Right. But like they're similar in terms of production. Yeah. Dak's wise. missed a lot of time. Too. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's the concussion thing. Scares concussion the hell thing. Out I agree. Of me. It's completely out of your control. Um, oh, dude, we forgot Josh Allen. Of Josh Allen. Josh there, Allen. Too, yeah. I mean, like, think about that. That's why. Like just off the cuff. I almost want to get the. Uh, you get, pull up the standings and just look at the teams. Like it's super. Like it is. It is pretty astounding. You know, when you look at this, there's no the, more pressure than when well, I'm typing to look something up when we're on the air. Oh, it's the worst, right? It's like, oh my god. So, all right. So, Josh Allen, Tua. Yep. Is Mac Jones number two? No, I don't think so. If he, Aaron Rodgers is. Aaron Rodgers is for sure. Joe Burrow is. Lamar is. Kenny Pickett. Probably not. I knew you're a big Pickett guy. Probably oh, Deshaun not. Watson. 
I think he blows now, but I think, yeah, I don't think after last year, I don't think Trey Lawrence, so you can make an argument. Here's an it. Oh, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor, I, mean, I agree with that. Here's an interesting thing: if the NFC teams had a draft of all the quarterbacks in the NFL, who goes first? Obviously, Jalen goes first. But does does Dak? Who goes first, Dak or Deshaun Watson? I mean, probably Deshaun Watson. Yeah. So it's I think like you could teams argue. Are choosing, I think you saying? could argue he's number you could. two. I mean, you could. It was just so bad last year. Right. But you're right. You could. And then I mean, Texans, Colts, and Titans. Whatever. Yeah, but then Russell, you could argue. I mean, not the, the I Jimmy mean, G. I mean, he's, if that's the thing is, he'd be in that. We'd mention <laughs> right. him when we're doing all those things. And then uh, we already did Russell. Yeah, and then Trevor Lawrence, you're there. Like that is like at least seven or eight guys who would be number two in the NFC. Yeah, it's wild. It it really is. Like I know we've mentioned it, but like when you really think about it, it is it is unlike well, anything we've seen. That's what's good for the Eagles is, I think we can. We all know they have a high ceiling. Sometimes we differ on how low their floor is. Mine, just because of the Super Bowl hangover, you're not worried about that as much. But what's nice is the NFC does raise the floor. And also, like, not even... Although they don't play a lot of these terrible teams. Justin Fields is the guy who could take a leap directly. I'm not expecting it. But we didn't even mention the fact that the three first-round picks were in the AFC this year. Yeah, exactly. Like, the top four picks. And even Will Levis went second, but all four of those guys went AFC. Yep. So... It's better over there for quarterbacks. It it is pretty wild, though. It is pretty wild. So, um... Oh, yeah, Daniel Jones. For yeah, Daniel, Daniel Jones. They're going to be horrible. Oh, they're going to be so I, bad. Honestly, I, I think they're going to be like six-win team this year. I agree. That's where I'm at. So I, I really looked at their schedule. It is brutal. It is brutal. Because not only is it brutal to start, they play the Eagles two of the final three games. Yeah. And, that's and, not, and the, and and the Saints the seven, is their other the, game. And again, we talked about it. They have seven road games in nine games. Yeah, that's like unheard of. It, 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 it really is. But also, the ending, like you would think, okay, well, the, the beginning's really tough, so maybe the ending... The Packers, who I think are going to be better than people think. I think they might be. They had talent. Look, Jordan they have a better Love. roster than the Giants, though. Jo- oh, without a doubt. Yeah. And Jordan Love was, he looked good against yeah. us. Like, who knows? He's probably like, just as good as Daniel he Jones. Flashed, he certainly could be. Right. You know, he's a first-round pick once upon a time. They're not going to beat the Eagles in a game that matters. Like, maybe the last one doesn't matter, but if it matters, they will not beat the I Eagles. 100% agree. And then the Saints, I'm in on Derek Carr. The Saints were almost a playoff team last year. The, the Giants' schedule is brutal. Brutal. It really is. I can't wait. It's so good. I know. No, no one I like. Well, especially because Giants fans get so mad at me when I tweet things that that's why I really want them to fail. Oh, it's the best. Well, yeah. especially because like, and we just saw with the playoff game, like Giants fans somehow after like, I guess it's because they were the worst team for a decade that they're finally like a, a glimmer of hope. Oh, hope, I know. Bring yeah. the hope back. They're like the most misguided fan base. I, it was like, unbelievable. It was unbelievable. Like, <laughs> yeah. we, we did that. Did that, the Giants, that line end up being like three? It was unbelievable. It was something absurd, was something like, absurd that. like that. Yeah. And they, they whooped their asses. I, I, I forgot and, how bad that was. I went and looked back at the pre- the box score. It's 35 it was, to 7 or 38 to 7. Yeah, 38 yeah. to 7. Yeah, I, yeah. I always think of that as more like a 28 to 10 thing, 38 to 7. Yeah, what, I forgot and, how bad they beat And them. also it would be fun to see Dayball struggle because everyone's like, oh. Oh, I agree. The oh, biggest Dayball. fraud head coach of the year. I think. Joe Shane might be a fraud. I mean, especially I when you look at the Daniel Jones thing versus her. I mean. I agree. Love it. Love it. Okay. There we go. I feel good now. Yeah. Better than I did before. Thank you. Good job. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right. Um, we got, if you're watching the YouTube, see there's the advantage of watching oh, you YouTube. Oh, final thoughts? Yeah, we're going to. I'm just okay. letting people know what's coming up. Stay here. We're going to do the Parks Picks Pod next, or the Bet Parks Picks Pod next. Yes. So stay with us. That'll be fun. You get a little bonus. Um, extra pod. And uh, let's do a little, uh, little final thoughts. All right. So I'll go first. Yeah, please. So I have to give a speech tonight. For this the, is so uh, funny. So my, fu- go ahead. Okay, so yeah, so you're doing your book thing tonight. Yeah, so tonight is, and by the way, if you're watching live, you live in Philly. Um, there's going to be an event tonight for the money everybody raised for. Thank you. The books everyone, this year, yeah, it's a thank you thing. Um, the details I tweeted out, I can't remember off the top of my head. It's like food, drinks. I think it's at uh, 
Well, I know where it's at, but I can't remember the name right now. It's the the brewery that's on Spring Garden, like fourth. Is it? I it's not Victory. It. Okay, there we go. Whatever. Up. So, anyway, I have to give a speech. I tweet less than you, so it's much easier to find. There we go. Um, okay, so uh, Treehouse Books. Hold on. Let me right, pull. click it. Yep, da, I got the link. Hold on. Let's see where we're at here. Um, hold on. Slowly. Surely. Slowly. Is it the bottom, I guess? Yeah, I'm seeing the sponsors. Nope. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, must be the, you talk. I'll find So, it. I have to give a speech tonight. And- What's interesting about Yards. The, Yards Brewery, that's it. 500 yes. Spring Garden. Yes. So what's interesting about giving speeches is, first of all, we talk for a living. So you would think it would be no big deal. It'll sure. be awesome. Yeah. But it is just so different. It's, it's completely it's, different. It's not even comparable. Like people think because I'm on radio, it's so easy to speak in public. I think I have advantages in the way that I know how to build my point and like I intertwine things. But- I'm like so nervous to do it. Oh, buddy. I know. You're going to do great. Well, but it's also tough because when I give a best man speech, you know what to expect. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Yeah, please. So they want me to give remarks. It's three to five minutes and I'm getting an award as a champion of literacy. No big deal to me. <laughs> but do you think it's expected for me champion to do like- Champion of literacy is such a great- I know. It's so funny. Awesome. But do you think it's expected that I'm allowed to give like thank yous? Like, what do you mean? Like, thank you to-, to right, so the speech I have right now is basically, first of all, it's tough to make a joke at the beginning. Do you want to hear my joke? I t- do, obviously. <laughs> what kind of- right, Of course, so yes. It's going to be tough to deliver it in this moment. But I'm basically, I'm going to get up there. Hopefully, they'll be like, here's Elliot, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I'll say something like, man, I certainly picked a great year to do this book drive. <laughs> and I think we can all agree the Eagles were only good this year because we all decided to do the book drive. So <laughs> we should- you go. You think that's good? Yeah, it's good. Good enough, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely good enough. So anyway, so then I'm going to have a few things about how like the Eagles are a team and it's, it takes everybody to do it. And that's what this book drive was like, blah, blah, blah. But I feel like I'm okay to end it with a few, you know, thank you to my mom. Like oh, it's yeah. not, it's not a victory, of course. but that's of what's course. weird. It's not a victory speech, but it is kind you of an award. award. That's what people do when they get awards. Okay. So you think it's all right if I, you that's know. It's like literally every award okay, speech you've ever heard. Wondering. Thank you, God. You don't thank think it would be, this, I'm taking that. it too seriously if no. I step up there and I'm like, no. thank you to my mom and dad for helping me. No, and, okay. no. Okay. You're right, getting an checking. award. All right. I'm just checking. No. Yeah. I think that's good. Now you can fill it out. Like maybe if you get there and it's like. I think I'm the first to go. Oh, buddy. I wish I was at least third. Yeah, so I could. It's so much se- easier when you just. Yeah, but at least you can get it done with. Yeah. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. yeah. But have I would just couple, like to know what they're expecting. Beers before. Well, definitely. Yeah, you got to get a little uh, liquid yeah. courage. I would just say. like to know what they're expecting. But I guess they're going to get what they're going to get. They're going to get what they're going to get, yeah. and they're going to like it, damn it. Well, they're the going to at least pretend to. Yeah, they're going to at least so pretend to. It's very ironic that you brought this up because I remembered you mentioned you were doing this, but that you brought this up as your final thought because my final thought. I'm officiating a wedding on Saturday yes. for the first yes. time ever. Yes. <laughs> so my buddy Andrew, shout out to wow, Andrew. Wow, this is coincidental. Andrew, right? And we're yeah. both speaking in front of crowds, which forget. Did you we write don't it do. yet? So, so he, we're writing it together. Um, like they're helping. Oh, you're doing it with some. Oh, with the couple. No, the yeah. couple like is helping me kind of stuff they want me to hit, and then I'm filling in the right. rest or whatever. So, but yeah, so I, I'm, I'm officiating a wedding on Saturday. I like right. never so done it. What are you thinking? I'm nervous too. And I like I enjoy being up in front of a crowd. Like yeah. obviously this job is not that. It really isn't. But I like that too. You know, I'm a big like get on a stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a center of attention guy. Yeah. I just am. Well, it is once what you're it is. in it, it's it's a high like none it's other. It's a high. Buddy. It's just getting to the point of where it's going yeah. well. That's the yeah. nerve wracking part. So and, and I'm nervous though because normally when I do it, I can like riff and do my thing and stuff like I'm doing a wedding. Right. Like I can't You're not the center of attention. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly right. I am like showcasing them as a center of attention. I'm trying to think of what I've seen officiants do that I would advise you don't do. Ooh, I like this. Yes, I feel. Please. I feel like what helps you is there's a clear expectation. I think a lot of them go like this. It's like, 
We're here today to marry, what are their names? Andrew and Chelsea. Andrew and Chelsea. First of all, can't believe that we're here. Is that right? <laughs> <laughs> if you would have known Andrew back in the day, it's crazy to think that he's now standing here with Chelsea. The Andrew I know certainly was yeah. a wild duck. I right? will not do that. Well, no that, that's what people do. Yes. And it's like, Chelsea, you've grounded him, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. So when my sister officiated my wedding. She did an amazing yeah. job. Well, what like, I think, absolutely crushed it. What I think I liked a lot about hers was... Like it wasn't so much. It was about me and Kristen, but it was also just like about a, marriage. Yes, love. yes, and I kind of think that that should be your path. Okay, but I don't know. Okay, what do you think? I like that. I know. Well, I'm writing it tonight. Right, because so. I, I feel like everyone gives a story. It's like, man, like when they first met, like you know, you. I don't know. I think you should do a little more about how much it means to you in a way to like watch this. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's not it. No, I'm, I get what you're saying though. You don't want to make it about you. I need to merge them. It needs to be about them, but also about marriage. I and... think you should think of it like a best man speech. Okay. Well, that would be well, my advice. Maybe a few less zingers than a best man speech. Yeah. Maybe no zingers. Maybe but, no but zingers. But it's always so much better to start with a laugh. I, I it definitely calms need a, the room. Yeah. I definitely need a laugh or two. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's going to happen, so we'll yeah. see how it and goes. And it'll go good no matter what. Yeah, either way, I'm going to officiate a wedding and they're yeah. going to get married. I'm ordained now, so that's thrilling. That's cool. Yeah. I think what, what's, what helps you in this spot is when you're given a best man speech, you're expected to be funny and you're expected it's to entertain. You no, are, I'm, even if it's boring and down the middle, that's yeah, fine. It's, it'll be quick. Yeah. Which is all there anyone for cares both. about. That's yeah. the thing. I would make it short. Oh, it's short. Yeah. That was, they want it short. So yeah, I yeah. Like, I would please. not make it like four or no, five minutes. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. It'll, no, it'll be like five minutes. Tops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean everything, not like that's the what I mean. Yeah, part the whole of, thing. Like, well, they have their vows. I don't know how long they're Yeah, But like, yeah. Okay, good. All right. Public speaking week at a... Public speaking week. Dude, I have a... No big deal. Just a, a lifelong memories for me. At least you. It's like, you know, like, it's a, a fun night. Not, but like, people aren't going to be like... Yeah, exactly. That was the seminal night of my life. Like, I have a chance to ruin the seminal moment of people's lives. Well, make so sure you get you their know. names right. Yes. Andrew and Chelsea. That part yeah. I feel good about. I have a insane story about public speaking in high school to the point that I don't even know if it's appropriate for on air. <laughs> really? And I know we get to the park spot, uh, but I'm debate. Why don't you think about it? Okay. As a tease. As a tease. And the people who are here, they'll Maybe know. at the end of the park spot. And if check out the end of the park spot yeah. to see if we did this or not. Give Elliot a chance to think about it and see yeah. if he wants to do it. Okay. Good? That's fair. All right, awesome. Check out the Bat Picks Park. Bat Parks Picks Pod. It's coming up next. If you're watching us, if not, just scroll up on your little iPod thing or yeah. wherever you get your hit next. It'll be there. All right. Until then, he's Elliot James.